What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, November 9th, 2020. What a crazy weekend. What a crazy time this is. A historic weekend in America, quite frankly. No matter what side of the aisle you fall on, uh, anytime a new president is elected, that is historic. And I'm not going to talk about it today. I, that's not what you're here for. I understand that. But I mentioned last week that last week's shows were a bit difficult to do because I had more on my mind than just Tigers baseball, more on my mind than just sports. And and that is usually the case, but I'm, I'm just able to mask it better sometimes. That was difficult last week. But now that it seems like the dust has relatively settled, at least in terms of uh, what our leaders leadership in this country is going to look like, it will allow uh, certain people, m- myself included, to move on and give you uh, the best content possible. A little bit of baseball news to discuss today. This won't be some lengthy show. I mean, now that we're continuing to do five days a week and the season is over, there's not a whole lot to discuss. Uh, a little bit up front, uh, Justin Turner, it was announced, uh, will not face any sort of discipline or suspension for breaking COVID protocols after testing positive for the virus in what was it, the seventh inning of Game 6 of the World Series. A lot of people angry about this. Uh, I suspected that there would be some sort of punishment for what he did. You know, I came on here and defended him a little bit. You know, I still think what he did was irresponsible and dumb. The optics of it, him going out there kissing his wife and wrapping his arm around his teammates after testing positive for COVID. When you have a country that has lost as many people as America has, the look of something like that following a World Series victory is really ugly. But I also, I struggle to wonder how I would have reacted had I have been in that same situation personally. And, and I talked about it, Justin Turner, such a great story. The guy's worked his butt off to get into the position that he got into and nearly had the opportunity to celebrate a World Series ripped away from him. Irresponsible and stupid, but in the moment, I there is a part of me that, that feels a little bit of empathy for Justin Turner in that situation, even though I, I, I condemn what he ended up doing. A lot of people are upset. I thought there would be some punishment. I think there probably should have been some punishment. I mean, you get to the very end of the season, and a lot of people's lasting memories of the 2020 World Series, a great World Series, will be Justin Turner on the field kissing his wife and and holding the World Series trophy after testing positive for COVID. Uh, I think that that is one of those things you could even argue more so than anything that a lot of guys did this season uh, hurt the game of baseball. It it took away from what was a really great postseason. In what, in all honesty, as much as I can't stand Rob Manfred, turned out to be a pretty darn successful campaign. Now, I, I express so much anger and frustration and will always feel a level of resentment for how the labor negotiations went, but there's a whole lot of people who thought they wouldn't get through a 60-game season. They did, and yet you get to the end of the rainbow, and instead of a pot of gold, you have a guy spreading COVID across you know, his entire uh, organization. I mean, what is it? Five, six people within the Dodgers organization now have tested positive for COVID, so dumb and irresponsible, but you know, I don't know. It, that feels like forever ago now. It was only two weeks ago, but I've moved on from it. It looks like Major League Baseball has as well. There was a free agent signing. The first free agent signing of the offseason came by a former Tiger. Robbie Ray signed a one-year, $8 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. With every signing, I I try to bring it back around to what it means for the Tigers. All it means for the Tigers, in my opinion, right now is that I thought perhaps Robbie Ray would be a guy that the Tigers might look at for a one-year deal. Robbie Ray's numbers are not pretty. Robbie Ray had a great season 
in 2017. I mean, he's had a lot of numbers that are pretty darn impressive. Career 11.1 strikeouts per nine innings. The youngest left-handed pitcher to ever reach a thousand strikeouts. I think Randy Johnson held that position for a long time. Robbie Ray passed him. Anytime you're in the same breath as Randy Johnson, that's pretty darn impressive. Seemed like in 2017 he'd put it all together. 15 and 5, 289 ERA, made an all-star team. It led the National League in strikeouts per nine innings. He was great. And it seemed like he was going to take off. Has had some injury troubles, but even more so, struggled with with strike throwing a lot. Very inconsistent and gives up a lot of hard contact because he gets behind in a whole lot of counts. Last year, he was pretty darn bad. 2-5 and five with a 6-6-2 ERA. Was traded to Toronto you know, halfway through the season or 40 games into the season. And in five games, therefore, starts was better. Was 1-4 with a 7-8-4 ERA in Arizona this year. Went to Toronto 1-1 with a 4-7-9. Numbers across the board better than they were in his last couple seasons in Arizona. But, you know, it. I get why he re-signed in Toronto. I think this was a guy who was hoping for in 2020 at the age of 28 to have kind of a Patrick Corbin-like resurgence, like how Corbin had that big year in 2018, earned that monster contract with the Nationals, and never really looked back. I mean, he's been very good for the Nats and helped them win a World Series in 2019. I think Robbie Ray was hoping for something like that. Wasn't able to put it all together, took a massive step backwards in 2020. Probably didn't want to prolong the free agency period, just went ahead, re-signed his contract with the Blue Jays. I have no problem with that, and and the Blue Jays are a team that is that they're starting to go for it. I'm not saying they're going to get there because that division is tough. You have a team in the Rays that just made it to the World Series. You have a team in the Yankees that's never going to stop fighting, that is still very talented, one of the five best rosters in all of baseball. So they're going to have trouble navigating through it, but I see kind of some parallels between them and where the Padres were about two years ago, where are they they there yet? No, but the young talent there is about as intriguing as any team in that division. I mean, with Vlad Guerrero Jr. and BGO and Bo Bichette, Nate Pearson, like there's there's rumblings there, that there's kind of the core of what could potentially be a really dangerous ball club. It doesn't seem like yet they have the horses and the farm system, at least in terms of starting pitching, and so I think that's why they went ahead and said, hey, let's re-sign Robbie Ray, this is a guy with great stuff. No, his numbers have rarely ever reflected how good his stuff actually is, but he's still fairly young, gonna be 29 next year. So maybe they could work with him. Maybe he could find something there and go back to being the pitcher he was in some of his early years in Arizona. The first shroud of free agency has fallen. Robbie Ray headed back to Toronto to play for the Blue Jays. So when we come back, we're going to talk Tigers news. A.J. Hinch's staff is officially assembled. We are going to discuss that in segment number two. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back. Thank you very much for tuning in today on this fine post-election Monday morning or afternoon when you're listening to this. I, I don't discriminate when you listen to my podcast. As long as you listen to it, I am happy. AJ Hinch's staff is officially assembled. 
I'm going to work backwards here and start by talking about the guys he hired on Saturday. The big hire, I think, unanimously that everyone agreed upon was kind of the home run hire, the big centerpiece of this staff, was the pitching coach. I'm going to talk about that here in a second, but I'm going to start with who who he hired to fill out the rest of the staff. George Lombard will be A.J. Hinch's bench coach. This was shocking to me because George Lombard was pretty darn close to getting a managerial position. And if there's one negative about who the Tigers hired for this staff, and it is a very minor negative, these guys probably aren't going to be here for very long because George Lombard is going to be a manager at some point pretty darn soon. I mean, had the Dodgers choked in the NLCS or in the World Series and Dave Roberts would have ended up losing it for him, George Lombard may have been in line to take his job. I'm stunned he went from being the first base coach for the Dodgers to being a bench coach for the Tigers. That is a massive move. I mean, he is essentially, I mean, he's kind of assistant manager at that point. The Tigers interviewed him. The Tigers interviewed him for the managerial position, and he found a job on A.J. Hinch's staff. That's a wonderful hire. Scott Coolbaugh hired as the hitting coach. He was the assistant hitting coach this year for the Chicago White Sox. You guys know how much I've salivated over the White Sox, especially that offense. This is an offense in the, on the south side of Chicago that just had three silver slugger winners this season. And that's not to mention they had a stud rookie in Luis Robert and Yohan Moncada, who I know had a down year this year, but at, at full health is still one of the better players in all of baseball. I, I have no complaints with, with, with these two hires, quite honestly. I, I think that they, they're making the best moves possible. One thing you've heard about A.J. Hinch, and, and I know there was a lot of controversy I get it. You wondered if baseball or or some members of the baseball community would harbor some resentment for A.J. Hinch. If he would have trouble getting certain guys to join his staff because of the way things went down in Houston. Not at all. Those are two great hires. Chip Hale hired as the third base coach. He'd been the third base coach previously and a bench coach in Washington for the Nationals. You know, a third base coach, is, it's it's a weird job. It's a bit of a thankless job. We know who you are if you're doing a terrible job. If you're doing a good job, no one really pays attention to you. Chip Hale's a name. He's been around baseball for a long time. He's been a part of some really competitive teams. He's won a World Series in Washington. One of the running themes that I've noticed with the staff he's hired so far is you're not just getting guys that a lot of people in baseball have spoken very highly of. You're getting guys with proven pedigrees who have won places. Like, like That's one of the issues I had with Gardy's staff is like he's hiring guys like McClendon who flamed out at a million other jobs. Rick Anderson, who no one else would have hired except for Ron Gardenhire. You're getting guys on this staff who are proven winners, who are champions. And, and I think that is so important to me when you're talking about building a culture. One of the things I've said about this organization that does scare me is that, look, I think they have talent here. I think the farm system is very good. You got to teach all these guys how to win. You got to instill a, a, a winning culture here, which is something that has not been here since the mid 2010s, really. I think that's something that's really hurt them. You can lose games and still maintain a winning culture. They have not here over the last several years. And with some of these hires, I think they're starting to do that. But the big hire, this went down on Friday. Tigers hired a pitching coach, and it was Chris Fetter, the pitching coach, formerly now, of the University of Michigan. It's very rare that any hire is as unanimously loved as the Chris Fetter to the Tigers 
higher in terms of being their pitching coach. I mean, everyone has almost unanimously across the board agreed this is a home run. It was the number one choice, A.J. Hinch said. He said this was the guy they wanted. He almost got the New York Yankees pitching coach job after 2019. He was the pitching coach for the University of Michigan. I watched the run that U of M made in 2019 all the way to the College World Series Finals where they ultimately came up short against Vanderbilt. An incredible run, but what made that run so special was the fact that it wasn't a fluke. They weren't getting lucky in winning games. They weren't winning games off of fluky plays. They weren't winning games the way that like the Rays won game four of the World Series, right? They were doing it with these pitchers that no one had really heard of, no one had really wanted, but you looked at all these guys, Carl Kaufman, Jeff Criswell, Tommy Henry, three soon-to-be and will-be at some point major league pitchers that came out of nowhere. It was, quite honestly, considering the fact that this doesn't happen at Michigan, that doesn't happen in the Big Ten, one of the greatest coaching jobs I'd ever seen by Eric Bakich and his staff, and the big reason for that, honestly, was the starting pitching led by Chris Fetter as their pitching coach. Every single interview that I've read with Chris Fetter when he talks about his philosophy regarding pitchers, it like it gives you chills. You just salivate. Everything he's saying, you're like, oh my God, where has this been? This has so been what's missing. A true pitching philosophy, not some archaic get ahead with the fastball, get guys out in four pitches. He talks about you know, throwing up in the zone to get guys to chase instead of down in the zone. Keep the ball down. Keep the ball down. They'll hit it down. The fact is, in today's day and age of baseball, hitters are so talented, that archaic idea of keep the ball down, they'll hit it into the ground, that's dying. And that's that's a philosophy that Rick Anderson had that you cannot survive with at the major league level anymore. Chris Fetters talked about, you know, using your strengths. Like, I, I, I feel like we're going to see Casey Mize throwing that splitter a lot earlier and a lot more often often in 2021. I think one of the issues that he ran into in his rookie season here in 2020 was that he became too predictable, getting ahead with fastballs and cutters and then trying to put guys away with splitters. If that's your best pitch, you go to it. You know what one of the best displays of pitching I've ever seen was? And, and I, I hope that Chris Fetter, and based on what I've, I've heard, Chris Fetter is a guy who kind of has a similar philosophy throw what your best pitch is until they hit it. One of the best displays of pitching I've ever seen was 2017 in Houston. A.J. Hinch is their manager. In the ALCS, when Lance McCullers in Game 7 threw 24 straight knuckle curveballs, and the Yankees didn't, I think they put one in play or one or two in play, but they didn't get any hits off of it. If you got the stuff to get guys out at the Major League level, if you have a single pitch that can consistently get guys out at the Major League level, you use it. And the Tigers just hired a guy in Chris Fetter who shares those kind of philosophies, who shares the belief that your best stuff is capable of getting any hitter out on any given day. The staff that A.J. Hinch has just hired here is a super staff. It is amazing to me that the Tigers, who currently have a bottom five roster, now have a top five coaching staff in the entire sport. A.J. Hinch was part of one of the great cheating scandals in the history of sports, and we're going to be talking about that for a while here. You know, it'll go away at some point, and we'll just look at him as the manager, but it is understandable and fair that people constantly reference that when talking about A.J. Hinch. But one of the biggest reasons I wanted him hired here is that people like him. People want to play for him. People want to coach with him. He's a great communicator. Every single person in Houston, whether it be a fan or a broadcaster that has talked to me, has relayed that same message. 
People want to be a part of AJ Hinch's clubhouse. They enjoy the atmosphere of that clubhouse. They enjoy the mood, the tone that he sets in his clubhouse. And they just got several guys who, a few of them are probably going to end up being managers at some point. And now they're on this staff in Detroit. I just, I can't help but feel like apathy is being shaken off a little bit. Because really, I know some people try to defend Guardy and some people try to defend that staff. And I do too, to a certain extent, because there's no amount of coaches that could have fixed how bad that roster was. But did anyone ever really believe that that coaching staff was fit to like lead a, a team into a postseason? No, it was, it was an archaic coaching staff, an old fashioned coaching staff that was asked to, you know, keep the kids in line and lose a lot of games. And in that aspect, sure, they did their jobs, but now you're getting guys with pedigrees, getting guys who want to be here, getting guys with actual philosophies. Simply put, they're getting guys who know what they're doing, and that's something that has not been able to be said here over the last several years. I'm very excited about all these hires, quite honestly. I I think that they have somehow fallen into one of the best coaching staffs in all of baseball. I can't wait to see where it goes from here. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani 2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I 2014. I'm going to be, you know, I've been off Twitter for the most part. Like during during weekdays, I'm pretty much off Twitter. And then weekends, I post some stuff about Michigan football, but occasionally I'll post the video. But I'm, you know, I'm taking a mental break from a lot of that social media stuff. But you can follow the show. On Twitter, I do have a person who who writes out tweets for the Lockdown account. That's at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star written positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.